The following program is presented to you by the New York State School Boards Association. NISBA's President's Gavel Podcast is supported by the Harris Beach Educational Institution's team of attorneys. Harris Beach successfully represents more than 130 school districts and BOCES clients throughout New York State on matters involving school district operations, labor and employment matters, cybersecurity, and student issues. Learn more at www.harrisbeach.com. As we continue to emerge from the pandemic, schools can now refocus on leading their districts into the future. But how is this done? And what is the role of the school board in setting visionary goals that will impact all aspects of the educational program? In this episode, Mark and Jamie ask and answer these very questions. Stay with us. Let's call this meeting to order. Hello, everyone. Welcome to NISBA's President's Gavel Podcast, a podcast for all school board members. I'm your host, Mark Snyder, Leadership Development Manager at the New York State School Boards Association. And today we will be discussing the goal setting process and the important role the board plays in that process. My guest today is Jamie McPherson, Deputy Director of Leadership Development at NISBA. Thank you for joining me today, Jamie. Hey, thank you very much, Mark, for having me. District goals are developed to help guide the district on its journey to achieving its vision and mission. They will often identify district priorities and needs, address areas in need of improvement, or demonstrate support for a new initiative. They help to create alignment in the district and provide a unifying purpose for the school community. As we begin to unpack all of this for you today, let's start with the role of the school board. Jamie, can you share with us details on the important role the Board of Education plays in establishing district goals, and perhaps more importantly, why it is so important for the board to be involved in this process? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, school boards are a governing body, and the word governance itself is actually derived from a Greek verb meaning to steer. And so through the goal setting process, that's exactly what school boards are doing. They're going to steer the district. And it's important to understand, well, where exactly are we steering towards? And through this process, it helps them further define their unity of purpose, meaning why is it that we serve? And that's often encapsulated not only in the district mission stating why they exist, but reflective in their vision, meaning that what is our ideal tomorrow that we are striving to create? And so goals become part of this and goals help to lay out those steps of how do we steer this district into the direction and achieve what we set out to accomplish. And, and through that process, they help to create accountability, not only for themselves, but for the superintendent and for the system at large. And it is an extremely important endeavor that school boards uh, should be really investing uh, time and attention to within the process itself. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the, that phrase, the unity of purpose, because that's really what we're looking to do uh, through the creation of vision, mission, and goal, uh, goal uh, development. Uh, as we take a look at you know, some of these boards with, with new board members or, or board members that are elected thinking that the district needs to go in an alternate direction, uh, I often find myself recommending that the board take a look at their direction, their, their, uh, 
their vision, their mission, their goal statements to ensure that at the very least, we're all on the same page with where the district is headed. How we get there can be decided later, but these goal statements really help to give us direction. Uh, do, you, do you think that the goal uh, development statement does have a unifying effect on the, the school board? Oh, absolutely it does. You know, it's a time for school board members to collaborate with the superintendent and gather input from internal staff as well as their greater community to help them better understand what are the needs and priorities for our district. And through that process, laying out the steps in order to address that. And furthermore, it helps to create, as we said, that unity of purpose, meaning that while we're at the board table and we're faced with these crucial decisions that we have to make, what's our structure for decision making and goals become that litmus test. If we approve this initiative or if we vote yes on this, is that going to lead us to accomplish our goals or is this going to move us in a different direction? And, and that becomes one of the, the salient points within their decision making process. Yeah, and, and you mentioned structure, and so we, we know a little bit more about the board's role. Let's talk a little bit about that structure and the process itself. Now, Jamie, you've guided school boards from all corners of the state as they work to develop their district goals. Uh, can you share for our listeners uh, NISBA's recommendation for establishing a process, highlighting some of the main steps that the board should consider? Absolutely. And, you know, as you pointed out, we work with school boards from all corners uh, of New York State. And one of the things that I've been hearing resoundingly from a lot of school boards is that during COVID, we were so grounded into just basically survival mode. And now that we've come out of this, we need to be more forward thinking. And a lot of boards are thinking, well, what is a good process for us to really have that forward thought? And how do we establish those goals? And the process that we recommend it's very akin to the steps that you would find in a strategic planning initiative, but it's scaled down to make it palatable for the board and superintendent in order to develop this plan. So the first thing boards really need to do is plan in order to plan. And there's some key questions that boards need to discuss and answer for themselves. And the first question they need to really consider is what is it that we're seeking to accomplish through this process? Are we looking to redefine or create a new mission statement or vision statement as well as those goals? The second thing that they need to ask themselves is how are we going to get this done? You know, what does the process look like? Are we going to create a planning committee? And if we are going to plan a creating committee, you know, it's going to be an ad hoc for the purpose of really establishing the process and the timeline. And who's going to serve on that committee? Are we going to have board members? Is it going to be the superintendent as well? Administrators, community members? Are we going to have students that are going to serve on this committee? Are we going to run community forums or are we just going to go out with a survey? And so you need to plan in order to plan. We recommend at the bare minimum, perhaps going out with a community survey. And I understand that during COVID, a lot of these communities are a little bit of, you know, survey fatigued, but we do need to reach out. We need to gather that input that we're going to infuse into that goal setting process because we need to have that buy in. We need to have people feel like they have a voice within the process and the community sur survey can help fulfill that. Within the community survey, again, the questions that are going to be on that should align to what we seek to accomplish through the process. And again, if we're doing district vision and mission, then we should have questions that are going to help solicit input on that, as well as input into what are the priorities for this district, what are those critical needs. 
the next step of the process, if you are investing the time to redefine your mission and vision, what we recommend is that in this phase is that you would want to take a look at your survey data results. What is jumping out at you? What is your community telling you? And you would want to then have a, a, a workshop for the purpose of developing a mission and vision. Now, it's important to note that if you are taking on this step of the process, this meeting has to be conducted in public as the topic is subject to the open meetings law. When you have this workshop, we recommend having an independent facilitator to help establish the parameters and to guide the folks through the process itself to create the mission and vision or to redefine it. People that we recommend should be participants in this would be the board, the superintendent, administrators, and then any other key personnel or people that the board would wanna have involved within the process. Once you've done those steps, the next step of the process that we recommend is doing some type of data dive. Now, boards should work with the superintendent to help determine, you know, what are those data points that we would want to take a look at that's going to help us understand the district at large. How are our students performing? How is the district at whole performing? And so you would want to take a look at things like graduation rate, you know, assessment results, things like are our students college and career ready? So you would want to work with the superintendent. Now, it's important to note that there are some boards that are out there that are really data savvy who may ultimately decide to skip this step of the process, but we wanna use data to tell a narrative. And again, how is our district performing? And to give us a little bit of insight into those areas that maybe we need to improve upon. One of the things that you mentioned is the importance of the data dive and the importance of getting all of this information prior to the board coming to the table and just identifying, okay, here's what we need to focus on or here's our goals. So they're able to develop them through the use of that feedback. But uh, one of the questions that, uh, that we often get and one of the things we often struggle with as we work with boards is uh, the reaction that boards sometimes have to community feedback or uh, the, the perceptional data that comes in from individuals who are giving their opinions and their thoughts on the district. Uh, and so I guess my question is, how can the board ensure that they're not going to be distracted by those individual perceptions of the district or probably more importantly, their own personal agendas when developing goals? Yeah, we talk about this a lot with school boards, and it, it's somewhat of a natural reaction when you hear a negative out in the community that sometimes we jump to the conclusion. And school boards, when they put out a community survey, it sort of opens the door for this to happen because we're reading these collective thoughts and we see people commenting negative. We need to understand that a lot of times this is perception and it's based upon their personal opinion or perhaps an experience and that we need to take a step back we can't automatically jump to the conclusion and, and throw up the red flag that something, you know, a muck is happening and begin to sound the alarm. But instead, we need to take these things with a grain of salt. We often say in jest that every community has a group of people known as the cave people, citizens against virtually everything. Doesn't matter what you do or the decision you made, it's wrong. 
<laughs> now, we say this in jest, but sometimes they do have very good points. When we look at perceptional data, it's important, number one, as I stated, don't jump to the conclusion, but perhaps investigate in the appropriate way, meaning use the information and data that's presented by your superintendent to help determine are these points actually valid or is there misperceptions that exist without in the, that exist out into the community. And so that's the most appropriate way that boards should proceed. Great, great advice, thank you. The next step is really now we're ready to set goals. And again, you're gonna have a workshop for the purpose of setting district goals. And just like if you did mission and vision, we recommend having an independent facilitator come in and guide the people through. And again, it is subject to the open meetings law. Now in this step of the process, and I'm gonna speak what we do here at NISBA, we like to really, you know, use this time wisely. So prior to the workshop, we typically send out either a SWOT, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, or a SOAR analysis, which is strengths, opportunities, aspiration, results. These two documents or analyses are used for the purpose of really distilling information that we've already gained. Information that we got from our survey, information that we got from our data. And this is going to use it to really make the workshop manageable. And so we typically send that out prior to the workshop and then you would have your open workshop. And again, we would say board members would be there, superintendent, uh, administrative cabinet and any other key personnel. And the reason why you want these folks there, number one is to have the conversation. Number two is you wanna create that buy-in and you wanna ensure alignment between what the board is discussing, their direction in which they believe we need to take this district based upon all the input that we got, and therefore the superintendent and administrators can really align the next step of the process that I'll talk about in just a little bit here. And in this workshop, the way that I typically run this is number one, you would have folks look at the results from the SWOT or SOAR analysis. We would open up discussion. What are you gleaning from this? What's jumping out? What do you deem to priorities? Is there anything that's really surprising to you? Once we've had that conversation, we need to begin to focus the lens on the goals themselves. And what I typically do is I have them go through that SOAR SWOT analysis and I ask out of this, if you were to say, what are some categories that we could classify you know, some goals into? These are the big sort of topical areas that shine a spotlight on an area that we're gonna focus in upon. What might they be? And so an example could be things like, you know, student achievement, it could be operations, it could be finance, health and wellness, safety, those types of things. Once we've come to a consensus on what those categories are, I then lead them through to begin to prioritize within each of those categories. What are our needs? What are our priorities? The last step of the process in this workshop is to create the district goals for each of those goal categories. And typically I recommend you wanna have no more than five because if we have more than five, we're really gonna be spinning our wheels and diluting our resources. When we get to the point of crafting the goals, the boards, school boards operate at the 30,000 foot view, meaning they have to look at the big picture. And there's a difference between goals and objectives. At this point, we're defining the what. What is it that we seek to accomplish? Meaning looking at our goal category, looking at all of our priorities, if we were to realize each of these things that we need to accomplish, what would that look like? And that's what that goal statement becomes. 
at the end of the workshop, you're going to walk out with three to five goal categories attached to those three to five goal categories. You have your goal statements, but what defines those goal statements are the priorities that we've classified and that we've discussed. That then gets handed off to the superintendent and that and then the next part of the process begins. And so in a nutshell, those are just really the general topics or steps, I should say, that we recommend boards follow. So we've gone through the process. And once the process is complete, of course, the board's work is not done. So what role does the board play after the long-range plan has been established and implemented in the district? Sure. You know, and I'll take a step back for a second here because when I went through the process, I ended with the, the with the baton being handed to the superintendent, meaning that at the end of a goal setting evening, your work really is not done. It's sort of beginning or part of a cycle. And what happens next is that the superintendent will work internally with administrators and internal staff in order to number one, create the SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. Those SMART objectives, you know, these are ones that are tactical, they're more concrete, and they're going to be aligned to the priorities and the goals that had been created in this workshop. Once you have those SMART goals, we have to implement. And we need a plan for implementation and that's reflective in what's called an action plan. It's going to spell out when is it happening, where is it going to happen, by whom, and how are we going to measure this progress? What are our measurables? What are our benchmarks that we're seeking to hit? And the board, part of the responsibility is to ensure that SMART goals and an action plan are developed. Once that happens, really they want to make sure that the implementation is underway they have a responsibility to monitor those goals throughout the year. One recommended method of how you can communicate this very well is by working with an activity and presentation calendar. This is different from your district calendar. This is for the board in which you would pre-populate it with known dates, things like reorg and budget, but then you would want to utilize it to plan throughout the year when are we going to get updates on progression of our goals and how we are attaining those objectives? Are we in line to hit our benchmarks? Do we have sufficient resources? And so the superintendent can determine when is that going to happen and who is the best person to come. Now, outside that realm, once you have that long range plan that's been established, we also can talk about superintendent goals. And superintendent goals that are part of the official evaluation process, where do they often stem from? Well, we pull those from that improvement plan. It's the board and superintendent working collaboratively to determine these are the priorities that you, superintendent, we want you to oversee to ensure that those are happening. And again, this creates open conversation. It creates that accountability that we talked about, and it ensures that the board really maintains that oversight role. The last thing that I'll say in terms of the board's responsibility is the budget setting process itself. And that's the primary way that boards can really support district goals is by ensuring that within the budget, you have sufficient resources that are allocated towards those. Now the board doesn't allocate themselves, that's the superintendent's job, but they ensure that those resources are there for the superintendent to utilize so that you can uh, realize the things that you need to accomplish. 
And it almost sounds like uh, as we go through this process, uh, the, the steps that are built in are, are really not only helping to facilitate uh, the, the goal discussion, but they're also helping to ensure that the board understands its role, the superintendent uh, understands their role, and so the relationship between the two tends to, to strengthen uh, as we're building trust and we're, uh, we're allowing each party to, uh, on the governance team, to, to really take ownership of their responsibility throughout the process. Absolutely, and again, I go back to something I mentioned, that the board's job is to define the what. What is the district need? And that's reflective in the goals. The superintendent figures out the how, and that's reflective in the SMART goals and the action plan. And as we discussed through that process, it's very collaborative and creates that accountability. Yeah. Before we end our conversation, are there any other relevant tips, strategies, or, or words of advice uh, that you haven't had an opportunity to mention that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, just really quickly, just in terms of the process, a lot of times very eager board members get on because they want to initiate change. And through this process, we need to understand that number one, change is going to take time. And through the process, it should map out where you are currently and where you want to be and how you are going to get there. And we need to be realistic when we create goals. And that's extremely important. I've worked with you know, superintendents and boards who overload their goals and actions and, and uh, objectives with way too many initiatives. And it it's, doesn't work well within the system because employees begin to feel overload. And they will, you know, help you understand that this is too much to, you know, do all at once. So we just need to be cautious through the process, really understand that this is, you know, it's going to take time, but if we engage in this process, it's not a one and done deal, but this becomes a cycle. And the goals that they create do not need to be created anew every year. They tend to have a shelf life, usually about three to five years, whereas the objectives, those are going to change on an annual basis. And so what you want to do every year is to ensure that the board and superintendent are getting together, that you are reviewing relevant data to help you determine, did we accomplish what we set out to within this year? What objectives have we completed and what are our new objectives that we're working towards? And again, going back to make sure that throughout the year we're monitoring that progress. Exactly. Great information. Uh, that's about all the time we have today. Uh, Jamie, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with me and for sharing your perspective and your expertise with our members. My pleasure. Uh, I always enjoy being here. If you're interested in learning more about today's topic or have a topic idea for a future episode, email us at gavel at nisba.org. And if you enjoyed today's conversation or find yourself tuning in each month, head over to NISBA's Facebook or Twitter pages. We want to hear from you. Let us know if you like what we're doing and tell us where you're listening from. And this meeting is now adjourned. I would also like to thank my NISBA colleagues working behind the scenes, making it possible to bring this podcast to you. Thank you to Megan DiGennaro, Al Marlin, and Alyssa Maiello. My name is Mark Snyder, Leadership Development Manager at the New York State School Boards Association, and this has been a production of NISBA's President's Gavel.